You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, and they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. Welcome back, Chris. Thank you. Good to be back. We uh, we flew solo without you yesterday. Yeah, well, we still all have a bone to pick with Terry because, I mean, I I have this is my first experience officially without Preston in the middle. Yeah, it's a little it's, it's a, a little different. It's a lot different. I'm very sad about it. Still, we're still a little bit mad at Terry, but we'll resolve that. Yeah, I can confirm Preston has officially signed with. The early game, so yeah. we're yeah. we're gonna start putting subliminal messages. <laughs> Preston, come back. <laughs> Eleven o'clock. He was supposed to. He, so he didn't show yesterday because you know we did. We had him on the hook. We were gonna borrow him for Monday and every other day. He's not here today. He didn't come yesterday either. Then we got ghosted. No, nah, he 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 bolts out of here at nine o'clock. He's got he's got other things to do. Man. We got ghosted. Sucks. Well, guys, it's January thirty first. So happy National Signing Day Eve. Um, I, I'm going to just say, let's go ahead. It's national Nick Harbor day Eve. Um, yeah, that works a little better. Harbor day instead of Arbor day. There you yes. go. Oh yeah. We're cooking now. The, I mean, thank goodness for Nick Harbor because <laughs> we'd be doing nothing. Tomorrow. National signing day is just not what it once was as far as the numbers, which we already knew that Chris, but I mean, it's heavy heavy in that direction now and of course South Carolina will sign Elijah Caldwell tomorrow but he's already committed so there is no there's no drama to that and we've talked about Elijah I think he's a great um late pickup for this class in-state guy you know I, I think is very very smart for South Carolina to take Elijah Caldwell and I actually think he can play early but as far as what always made signing day great that was a little bit of drama, a little bit of anticipation, a little bit of the unknown. That is pretty much gone, except for our guy Nick Harbor, who, Chris, is carrying the entire flag, I guess, for the traditional yep. 
national signing day at is this the point. Flag bearer. He's he's also he's carrying the hopes and dreams of Gamecock Nation. Wonder if he feels weighed down at all. Well, he is very strong and very fast, so <laughs> it, I think you'll be okay. It is crazy. And you remember when the early like our kind of jobs i mean the job didn't change but just our calendar really changed in 2018 you know when they put in the early signing period it used to be you you and i would have to get up super early because that was the day that was the only day and you've got you know 20 25 sometimes more letters of intent rolling in and then when the early signing period the first cycle i remember was 2018 and we were all like everybody was sitting around going okay how many kids out of, you know, if you're using an average of 25 signees, how many kids are going to sign early? Or a lot of them are going to say, no, man, I'm, I'm not signing. Like, I'm, I'm waiting, you know, till after silly season and all those things. We also figured that coaches would push kids to sign early, go ahead and get them in the boat. And it ended up that kind of the, the uh, complex of, of college football and the coaching, like, they seemed to kind of win out on that because 2018 – cycle west who were the two i think we were waiting on three guys after the december signing period i think it was did josh van sign early i think he did sign early yeah josh signed early it was dylan wanham and rick sandage i think were the only two guys that we were waiting on um in terms of major targets and and you know that's kind of continued really you you see even with the transfer reporter, we're seeing a lot of that activity take place, you know, in December, obviously, guys making decisions. Well, I think you have you have two sides of it. You have the the Nicholas Harbors of the world who just are so highly coveted that if they want to wait, they can, and schools are willing to wait. I, I think what we found is that for the most part, the schools did still have the power in deciding when – most guys were going to sign, and the schools pretty much all uh, were like, we, we want you to go ahead and sign. Let's get this over with. And so most guys do. Most guys did. And you've seen that trend continue. You still have, you know, for for the super, super national level guys, if they wanted to wait, they could. But, Chris, even most of those guys, unless there is an odd circumstance, most – I mean, I'm looking through the list right now. Almost all the guys in this on three consensus are many of them not just signed, not just committed. Many of them are actually already enrolled at their school. So you you continue to see that be a trend as well. It's not just the early signing period. It's that okay, I'm going to go ahead and get a head start, um, you know, on, on school at, the, at my next place and, and try to play early. But as of uh, you know right now, Nicholas Harbor is the top uncommitted prospect in the entire country. So he is at the back end right now of on three five stars, right? Consensus. Like uh, right on the cut line. Well, you talking about for on three consensus, he yeah, is use consensus. Yeah. yeah, he's twenty first. So oh, okay. He, okay. Yeah, so he's, he's got, got um he's got some wiggle room. He's there. got some wiggle room there. There are thirty two five stars in the consensus and he is twenty first. So um all twenty guys ahead of him are already have already picked a school. Most of them have already signed or enrolled. Um, actually, all of them but one. Uh, McLean, uh, Kermani McLean, who uh, ended up mm-hmm. committing to Colorado, obviously could not sign yet because he committed after the early signing period. But everybody else, man, is 
pretty much signed or enrolled at their school. So that's another reason why this has become – you have the makings of a national intriguing recruiting finale here because you have this kid who's already gone viral because of his track exploits. Um, he's unlike anything we've seen in a while. And then you add in the fact for South Carolina, it's, you know, the Gamecocks are actually in this thing. And so we, we haven't, I mean, I, I guess Jordan Birch, that was a national type battle. This one's a little bit different just in the teams that are involved. And, you know, I, I kind of, Chris, want to sort through these teams and, and maybe try to give guys um, out there listening an idea of where this thing may stand. We're closing in on about 24 hours until the announcement. And I said yesterday that I haven't seen, at least not recently, at least not with a South Carolina high-profile guy, a recruitment where all four schools down the stretch were actually in it. Not you have a public top four or top five. There's normally a two or a three within that public top four or five. In this case... As of yesterday, I felt like all four were truly in it. Miami is being listed as a fifth, at least unofficially. I don't really think they're actually in it, is my read on the situation. So then you cut it to four. You say South Carolina, Oregon, Maryland, Michigan. At a full day later, 24 hours later, I do think we have a little bit better feel on it. I would still... I would still not be shocked if it was any of the four, honestly. Now, however, if we're going to put a percentage on it, it feels like Michigan, which probably at one point was your percentage favorite, it feels like they have very much fallen back. Um, so if we take that assumption that Michigan has fallen back, then that leaves you Oregon, South Carolina, Maryland. Then among those three, you're probably going to have some disagreements depending on where you're located, where you're covering this thing from, on what the order is among those three. My educated guess right now is that this thing may come down to Oregon and South Carolina, but you can't completely rule out Maryland pulling the surprise and then Michigan still has to be considered the dark horse. Like, we're assuming that they've fallen back based on information. However, I don't know if I would ever completely count them out either, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think all, all the schools have some things that they check the box on. And then all the schools have some level of, of question. You know, and, and we've said before... This is an interesting group of schools. You know, it's not it's not just here's a bunch of blue bloods, you know. I mean, there there's some in there, but it, it's a very interesting kind of diverse group of schools, whether you look at geographically or from a conference standpoint. It's not an all-SEC battle. It's not an all-Big Ten battle. Geographically, program type, you know, Michigan's program, Oregon's program, Maryland, Miami, South Carolina, a lot of different, like, vibes for lack of a better term uh within those programs too and so i think you look at michigan west and and i've kind of been trying to run it through the the filter well why have why do we get the sense that they've 
fallen off. And, you know, some people I've talked to said, yeah, you know, they, they may still be in there. And so to that end, I agree with you. Would it be some giant shock? Like it would not be this out-of-nowhere pick. Mm-hmm. If Nick Carver got up to Michigan, you'd say, oh, okay, well, I'm kind of didn't think it'd go that way. But, yeah, they, they've been there from the start. I really think it has to be the Jim Harbaugh factor. Like there have been reports that have come out even in the past 24 hours on the Wolverine or on three Michigan site. Apparently the Broncos still going after Harbaugh, like still communicating with him. And so that's kind of been and appears to be that is going to be a yearly thing with Jim Harbaugh. Is he leaving? Is he not? And that plays in to a recruit's decision. You know, you've got Oregon, which has, um, again, going back to the check boxes, track, Nike, Phil Knight, branding, kind of that aura. But let's be real, it's a long way away. And that's something that Harbor, Harbor doesn't mind going away for school, but that's the farthest geographically. Um, beyond that, not only are you going to out to Oregon to live there from your D.C. home, but your family's traveling there for home games, quote-unquote. Then when you're not playing home games, you're going to Seattle, Pullman, Washington, like, you know, Utah. These are your these are your away games. So that does weigh in, and I do think that's a legitimate factor. You know, Maryland, I think some people have discounted because they just, ah, oh, it's Maryland. But that's one that we've continued to hear, you know, a good bit in this. And then South Carolina with Shane Beamer, they've done a phenomenal job. The football staff, Curtis Fry, not enough people are talking about his influence in this. He's coached a whole bunch of Olympians. That's a huge goal for Nicholas Harbor. So they have a lot of boxes that they check as well. So uh, I'm with you. Miami doesn't really legitimately seem in it. Um, but but all those other schools have had things about them that have kept them in this race along the way. Yeah, I think if uh, – I mean, it, it's, weird to, it's weird to me that Miami feels like they're in it, which is what we've heard, that they feel like they're in it um, without getting, you know, an OV – or even I don't even know if he's visited there at all. Um, I, I know he hasn't taken like a uh, an in depth visit to Miami, so that I, I thought that was kind of strange. But hey, if they if they in the case of Miami let you come in on an in home, there obviously was some in some level of intrigue. But again, you're talking about probably being fifth of the five finalists with the decision upon us. It's not like you were fifth with five months to go in the process. If you're fifth right now, you know, at the time, a few days before the announcement, then that's going to be extremely hard, you know, to, to make that up. So I, I think you can, if we're kind of, again, we're kind of dealing with percentages here, but if you're going to chop one of the schools off, I think that has to be Miami. And then I think with the other four, you are sort of dealing with the, uh, you know, just a percentage like, all right, if you kind of had to divide this up, who has the best chance? But you're really not shocked at all among the four. Um, who who do you think South Carolina's biggest competition is right now? That That is a hard one. So I think going into the Oregon trip, it was Maryland, actually, which is weird because I did think it was Michigan. But I, I think, like, Maryland kind of because of the home – factor like I, I think they've been in it more and the funny thing is Wes or probably not funny to Gamecock fans like that would be the only devastating one to Gamecock fans like there's this aversion to Maryland um but I, I think Maryland but now 
See, he took the Oregon trip, and I, I can't really get my mind around it. I do think Oregon did make a move up. I'm sure it was an impressive trip. But, again, I, I keep hearing, and I'm going back to this, the distance factor is a very real thing. So did Oregon move up? Probably so. Probably so. To, more to where it was it was more exiting that visit than just a trip. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't know if the distance there, among other things, but the distance could, could be overcome. Let, let me, uh, and I know we got to hit a break real quick. Let me add to your Michigan question from earlier of, you know, where where is this necessarily coming from? And uh, so asking around yesterday, and this is more coming from people who cover Michigan and are, are more tied in with that program, just literally, you know, I think you get the sense there is confidence from the South Carolina side of things. There's confidence uh, from the Oregon side of things, maybe confidence from the Maryland side of things. There's just strangely not much confidence anymore from the Michigan building, basically, from their coaches based on what the po- the folks who cover Michigan on a day-to-day basis are hearing to the extent that um, I heard I heard this. Um, I can't – I was not there. I can't say it's 100% true. But I heard that Michigan really only spent like an hour um, or so for their in-home, even though they were not there on one of those days that – he had multiple in-homes, and that they did not go by the school before the in-home. Nor- normally, that is a normally that's a situation where, for those who don't know, if you're going to have the in-home, you can. So even though you have the one in-home, you can still go by the school earlier in the day, and it still counts as one visit. So if it's your top high priority guy, final target, you go by the school. You be you know you sort of just be seen. Basically, you let everybody, oh, Jim Harbaugh is at our school. Um, you know, you make a parade out of it, basically. And from the sounds of it, Michigan did not necessarily do that, which I don't want to say they've moved on. I'm sure they would take Nick Harbor. But you just don't get the sense necessarily based on some things like that that they are completely confident and comfortable, which means they're probably not hearing the things that you would normally hear leading into an announcement. Now, we do know this. Harbor sort of does, it seems. I've heard multiple places. Wants this to be a little bit of a surprise. So you never know. You can. I think this is one where you truly can't count any of those four out. But, again, we're talking. if we're talking about percentages here, you know, for whatever reason, it seems like Michigan just is not getting the feedback that it seems like they once were. All right, going to run into a timeout, come back on the other side, continue on with the Nicholas Harbor conversation. Before we hit the break, and give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to the women's basketball game as they take on Kentucky Thursday night at Colonial Life Arena. Be caller number five at 803-404-6100 for your chance to win those tickets. We'll be right back with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you. The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler, Wes, and Chris. I almost said Preston going into the last break. I got so used to saying Preston, all come four back. of our names. Are yeah. you trying to troll us? I, us no, upset? literally, like I had to catch myself <laughs> saying, and press. Oh, wait a minute. Preston's not here. Maybe he's listening. I don't know. Preston, we miss you. But uh, anyways, back into the conversation about Nicholas Harbor. We do have several people Weighing in on the Firehouse Subs text line again, 803 404 6100. 
asking if anybody from Gamecock Central will be at his announcement tomorrow. I'm just going to say you never know. <laughs> you never know. Well, we had the con was it last week yeah, we had the conversation that's always a good indication of yeah. what may happen, so I think people are trying to take a peek behind the curtain here. Yeah, that's why you know we like to we like to, you know, have a little fun. We we don't get to have you know the recruits they can create their drama sometime we so might. you're creating your own drama yeah, you're, we you're, might. you're holding out until national signing day basically yeah. yeah we don't know we might not want to reveal it for a variety of reasons we we may plan on it we may not you're telling people so, to respect yeah. your decision right <laughs> absolutely with that being said i mean i will say this though usually if we give you the little nod hey we're gonna be there it's a pretty darn good sign for the gamecocks in this case if we go just saying, if we go, it may just be that, hey, if Nick Harbor commits to South Carolina, we want to be there for you and provide coverage. Yeah. Because it would be, I mean, this will be a conversation for another day. But, man, as far as the pantheon of Gamecock commits, this one would be up there. It would. I'm not going to say it would be the best one of all time. They have to be like at least number three, right? But it would be up there. Yeah, we'll have to go back and kind of review from a, you know, if we're talking about like a ranking standpoint, you know, you can review it that way. And you that would be, you know, Clowney. Clowney is <laughs> number one and you can't really go higher than that. What Was Todd Ellis back in the day the number one recruit in the country for whatever was being? Tommy? It's Tommy out there. Yeah. Tommy would know. Tommy would know. I believe he was. I think he was. Or if not, he was way up there. Um, you know, and I, Chris, I, I think a lot of people, myself included, sort of, it, to me, it's, you start with the Rivals era a lot of times. That's when rankings really became a much more, what's the word, man? Like, that. that's when rankings became, I believe, a little bit more into, like, the public, casual conversation, you would say. So... If you look at the start of the Rivals era, then definitely Clowney, highest-ranked guy South Carolina's ever landed in-state, massive. I mean, I would make an argument Marcus Lattimore was one of the most important commitments in school history. Um, shoot, you could make a you could make an argument for Stefan. Yeah. Um, you know, Gilmore was a guy who really sort of got the ball rolling for everybody else and more in the terms of, all right, he was a great player, has been in the NFL for a long time, but also do you get do you get Devontae Holloman without him? Do you get Mark Sladmore without Gilmore? Do you get Clowney without Gilmore? You could argue probably not. But there so there there to your point, man, there are multiple ways that we could potentially like sum this up, but I would say that he's at least in the conversation if Carolina gets Harbor, and some of it is just the perception as well, the brand, um, the fact that this kid comes in and uh, I mean Nicholas Harbor is not only a unicorn, but he is coming in at the perfect time, in that he understands already branding he understands that his name is a brand and i believe chris he understands the business side of things as well 
Speaking of business, let me tell you, uh, take this opportunity to tell you about our friend Amy Mason Cup. If you are a small business owner in the Midlands, you got to think about everything you need to help your business succeed. You need things like a plan. You need happy customers, steady cash flow, of course, but you also need an insurance agent that gets you. And so State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup runs a small business of her own here in the Midlands and understands the unique needs of local business owners like yourself. She'll uh, make it easy for you to choose the right protection for your business at the right price. One thing you don't need, less is insurance stress. So you can call State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup for your small business needs today at 803-772-5554. I know my family was looking to switch and save on our personal insurance. We called Amy. They took care of the rest. Her team's experienced. They're knowledgeable. They're responsive. They're helpful. Whatever your needs are, she and State Farm will have you covered. She's a South Carolina native. She's a local agent. Her office is at 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. That is just off I-26 at St. Andrews and Ashland Park Plaza. Give her a call. Again, that's Amy Mason Cup, 803-772-5554. 772-5554. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, you're right, Wes. I mean, Nick Harbour is coming in at the absolute perfect time. This is a guy that has Olympic aspirations, and it's one thing to just say, I'd like to be an Olympian. He actually has uh, the athletic skill to <laughs> take it to probably get there. When you look at some of the times that he's run, the 100, the 200, the 60, I mean, just ran a 664 uh, in the 60-meter indoors out in Lubbock, Texas. Just an amazing athlete and a high-profile kid in this social media NIL era. And so he's someone that could really cash in on that. Uh, formerly, you know, you could be an Olympic athlete and get endorsements, right? Well, Nicholas Harbour can now be a college freshman, a two-sport athlete as a five-star football player. And presumably, as soon as he hits the track in college, he's probably going to be competing at a very high level there too um so th there's a lot of opportunities there for him for someone like him um you know you think about the collective front obviously nil collectives have been huge across college football garnet trust here in columbia others elsewhere uh you think about brand type deals so under armor at south carolina or maryland or uh you know michigan what their jump man right uh, then you got Oregon, Nike, Phil Knight. I mean, this is a kid that's well-situated and poised because of his athletic ability to take advantage of that, but also comes from just a really high academic, smart family um, and has a really good head on his shoulders, too. So not only is this an elite-level athlete that brings a lot of cachet to a potential business, but he also is someone who's going to represent you well, which is important when you're thinking about big brand deals. Uh, I think to your point, Chris, um, from all indications, hat does have this business sense that you don't always see. I mean, I think back, I mean, when you were 17 or 18 years old, were you thinking about things like branding and becoming a billionaire and making enough, enough putting yourself in a situation now where you can invest enough that, um, you know, you'd be in a situation to just be set for life? I mean, I those weren't even... Like, I was just trying to save to get a PlayStation 2, 3. And a pizza. Yeah, and, and get the 5 for 5 at um at Domino's. But, um, 
So I think when we say this guy's a unicorn, it's not just his on-field exploits. It's that he does sort of have a greater understanding of how how big his brand already is and the fact that he is someone who is going to have choices in life. You know, is he going to be a player in the NFL, which actually doesn't seem, weirdly doesn't seem to be something you hear as much that, you know, he, he's going to be an NFL player. But still, if he if he tears it up in college, that's going to be an option. He may get to college and say, this is my path. Mm-hmm. Or you have the Olympic side, obviously, which is track and field. And then, um, you know, wants to go into the medical field as well and, and, and be a doctor. So he's one of those guys, I think you look at him, you say, he's going to be successful whichever path he takes. But I, I think he has a very keen understanding already at this point in his life. Um, some days I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So I, I feel like he's going to have such nice options that um, you look, you're going to say, um, this is a guy you just want in your program. And um, it's going to be fascinating to watch up close and personal as we sit right outside the state house right now. It's going to be fascinating to watch this guy grow in Columbia if he picks South Carolina because I'm just as curious about his path on the field as I am off the field, probably more so than any player South Carolina will have ever landed if that happens. All right, going to run into another timeout, come back on the other side, continue this conversation. Before we do, though, want to let you know about the Columbia RV Show. Going to be at the South Carolina State Fairgrounds February 10th through the 12th. You can find discounts and details at ColumbiaRVExpo.com. We're right back on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, Tyler West and Chris along with you. Speaking of Firehouse Subs, it is Tuesday. It means there's a sub of the day waiting for you over at your local firehouse. Yes, so tomorrow is Nick Harbor Day. Today, guys, is Turkey Bacon and Ranch Day at Firehouse, also known as one of my favorite days of the week. You can get a medium sub every single day at Firehouse for $7.99. Again, that's the sub of the day today, Turkey Bacon Ranch. Yesterday was Meatball Monday. Um, I'm just thinking about that, Chris. Firehouse comes out swinging on the uh, subs of the day, Meatball Monday and then Turkey Bacon and Ranch. Um, that that may be two of my three favorite things, uh, bacon and ranch. Uh, turkey's okay, take it or leave it. It's a nice little filler in there, but the bacon and the ranch, I think, is what sets everything off. And uh, you can get your own Firehouse Sub right now by hitting that rapid rescue at firehousesubs.com. Um, pretty much anywhere you are in the Midlands, there is a Firehouse Subs pretty close to you. So do what we do. Hit that rapid rescue, and today, get that sub of the day, the turkey, bacon, and ranch. As we roll ahead, Chris, we are closing in. We're just over 25 hours until the Nicholas Harbor announcement. Although, I will say this. Ceremony starts at 1. Fair warning to everyone out there. Mm-hmm. We, we should maybe do an over-under on this. What time will Nick Harbor actually reveal to the world his decision because this is a signing day y'all so that means it's not going to be just him 
He's got some teammates. There may be some other sports. I don't know. Sometimes you go to these things and there's like soccer players signing and it, it, it sort of gets a little bit more in-depth than you bargained for necessarily if you're just a Gamecock fan wondering where Harbor goes. I'm thinking, man, we're probably looking at something more like 125. So for, for what it's worth, this is going to be shown on ESPN2 tomorrow, and they are advertising him as 1 o'clock. So maybe because it's on national TV, it'll be a little more punctual. Worth noting. That's a, that is worth noting. Good point. Yes. Do I say 1 o'clock hour? They're literally just saying 1 p.m. It says 1 p.m. Now it could be one of those things like, hey, we've got a camera here and we'll go live as soon as he's yeah. ready to make his announcement. So that is possible, but I'm just saying they are advertising it as 1 p.m. What, what is ESPN. on at, at 1 o'clock normally? Is that a sports center? I think they're just doing like the recruiting day. They are having uh, like a recruiting day thing on ESPN, even though obviously it's not as big as what happens yeah. in December. But they are. there's a couple of announcements that will be made on uh, ESPN, too. See, I... Because they're doing that show, I would think they they have a little bit more leeway to cut in whenever he's deciding. Um, although that that is a good point, Tyler. I will also I will say this: um, if you know if Gamecock Central happens to be there, you should just watch it on our YouTube as opposed to watch it on ESPN. If we're there, just say if if we're be. And I would also say, Wes, if. Gamecock Central was there that this would likely break the streaming record. Unless people watch it on ESPN instead. Okay, so so let me cl- let me clarify. I went back and looked at the ESPN promotion. They are doing a one-hour signing day special, and within that hour is the Nicholas Harbor commitment. Ah, so, see. All right. Yeah, okay. False now, information, now, Tyler. <laughs> now we have a 60-minute window of when okay. it could occur. Okay. Yep. Yeah. The original plan, which is certainly subject to change because this is like last week, is that the ceremony was going to be at 1. There was going to be, what did I say, Wes, five or six kids, something like that, signing, and then mm-hmm. Nicholas would be last. But that could change, especially, I don't know if they knew that they would be televised at that point. So, so, so if this is any indication of how few people are signing on signing day tomorrow, they have a class of 2024 commitment that they're going to show uh, for uh, Ellis Robinson the fourth, Okay. Who's in next year's cycle. But it's like... That's how few guys are content. in 23 are going to be signing tomorrow. That yeah. is pretty fascinating. Hey, if you're big time, I guess go ahead and use the spotlight. You know, in the past, Chris, I would have maybe said, if you're 2024, hey, don't share the spotlight. But might actually be a smart decision yeah. if you're wanting some attention to go ahead and commit as a 2024 on signing day while everybody is talking about recruiting. This is the one day of the year, I guess two days of the year now, where even the general sports public has some level of attention on recruiting. For the most part, it's kind of a, I feel like, I don't know, recruitniks are kind of a, a group of people that isn't necessarily the vast sports viewing public. Although I do feel in some ways like that group of people that follows recruiting has grown to an extent over the years. Yeah, it it has. um, I think more and more um, of the, I guess you could say like more of an agnostic fan uh, has kind of come into the ecosystem because it's just covered so much more. You know, it it used to be, Wes, that like 
the quote unquote internet guys, as we've been, in my opinion, falsely labeled. But the the internet guys, like they, the recruiting websites, the team sites, fan sites, were the ones that were covering recruiting. And now it's gotten into, you know, obviously like the proliferation of more ESPN and SEC network shows about recruiting and the All Star games where you're doing recruiting announcements during those and just, just kind of more media in general. Like there's so much media to consume. It's gotten more in there. And I mean, Wes, go talk any Gamecock fan. And Nicholas Harbor is one of those guys, even if it's a more casual fan that you're talking to, that's a guy that they've latched onto. I mean, if we go see some Gamecock fan in an event, what are the top questions that we're going to get at a time like this? It's going to be, are they going to get Nicholas Harbor? Are they going to get that kid from D.C., the super fast? I mean, and it's – so that just kind of shows. And to your point earlier, I was thinking about this during the break, you know, I don't know if Nicholas Harbor on the football field will be one of the more impactful guys that South Carolina has ever signed, but I do think I'm officially there. I think he is the most unique prospect we've ever covered, or I'll say I have ever covered. I mean, I've never covered a guy that's, you know, that good of a two-sport athlete where he's like an Olympic level in one, five-star in the other. Uh, with his academic profile, with his personality that has this unique of a group of finalists that includes South Carolina, I don't think I've ever covered one, you know, that kind of hits every single one of those checkboxes. And so um, that's kind of one reason I've enjoyed covering it. But for maybe the more casual fan, they've just, you know, maybe they've seen him run tw- uh, sub 21 in the 200, or they see his five stars by the on three consensus name and, so just a lot of Gamecock fans talking about him, a lot of interest. And it being featured in USA Today as well. I mean, it's kind of taken on a life of its own, I think. And um, I guess, Tyler, we got to hit one more, and then we'll close it out with more Nick Harbor talk. And I want to throw a little bit of love, Chris, at Curtis Fry. And the what what could be obviously an important factor with track with Nick Harbor, but – uh, let's talk a little bit about Curtis Fry, South Carolina's track and field coach, and uh, the impact he has made in this decision. We'll hit that, and if we have time, maybe a little 2024 recruiting talk on the other end. All right, we'll come back, continue on with the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on one. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris with you for uh, just a few more minutes. Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of the show, continuing on with the recruiting conversation. But first, got to tell them about our friends over at Integrated Media. Yeah, Michael Nathan and his team at Integrated Media do a fantastic job installing smart home services in your home here in the Midlands. Go to their website, Integrated Media Inc. That's integratedmediainc.com and check out all their services. You can also check them out on Facebook, on their Facebook page. And on Instagram, that is integrated underscore media underscore Columbia. A variety of photos of all the different types of projects. Some really impressive projects on here that Integrated Media has done. They can do anything at your home that you can conceive of, even if you can't conceive of it. They can probably help you with that. Anything from mounting a new television and soundbar to complete smart home solutions where you can control your lights, your devices, play music, everything from your smartphone, home theater, audio, video, security, and cameras. That's the team at Integrated Media. Again, integratedmediainc.com. 
or give Michael a call, 803-948-8327. Wes, you were talking about, uh, before the break, Curtis Fry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like like all all the conversation on South Carolina has kind of centered around, okay, Shane Beamer and his relationship, which certainly he's been recruiting. He's known about Nick Harbor and has, a, has had that relationship dating back to his time as an assistant at Oklahoma. And Sterling Lucas and Jody Wright, the job that they've done in the football program. It, it's almost like some have kind of had – oh, by the way, he's going to run track too. He's really good at it. And so they've kind of left Curtis Fry – South Carolina's veteran mm-hmm. track coach, like, out of the conversation a little bit. Yeah, he, uh, by all indications, has done a phenomenal job. And I, I think you look – I mean, just pull it up on his his bio here. Um, 27th year at the helm, heading into the 2022-2023 season, Chris. 60 NCAA champions, 122 SEC champions, 21 academic All-Americans – and more than five, I, I mean, this is a real number, right? More than 500 NCAA All-Americans, like that's... What? Is, is that, is that a, even a possible? Um, that's what it says. Um, the 2022 campaign along saw 17 All-American honors and five honorable mention All-Americans. So, uh, the... The fact is that the track and field program itself has been, you know, up and down at times as far as the actual overall results. However, Curtis Fry has had some incredible athletes um, star under his tutelage. And, you know, I, I think for him to be heavily involved in this, which he has been, and for him to have the history that he has in the sport, and let's not forget 21 academic All-Americans as well. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying a University of South Carolina is going to be compared to Michigan in those university mm-hmm. education rankings or whatever. But fact of the matter is, guys that come to South Carolina graduate. They do very well academically. You have more guys on the presidents and deans lists for football probably listed than you ever have before. And um, you have a guy in Curtis Fry who obviously understands the development side of things and the academic side of things as well. So that is probably not getting as much attention as it should have been to this point. And, And I get it, though, because there are so many layers to this recruitment. But there, there kind of has been a sense of, well, you know, Carolina can't stand up on the track side of things. Well, for one, they do have a guy who's developed people. For two, they actually do have um, some new facilities mm-hmm. over there as well. Yeah, they do. And look, I mean, go back to when I went to D.C. and sat down with Harbor, spent some time at his high school. You know, he mentioned, hey, it's going to be 33% academics, 33% football, 33% uh, track. And so, like, this is a guy that when when he says, hey, I, I think I want to be an Olympian in track, that's not just a throwaway. And so he's looking at that heavily. He, he's considering that it looks like, Wes, every bit as much as the football aspect of it. I mean, he, he wants to do both. And so let, let me throw out, you know, a couple more statistics on Curtis Fry. 
for a guy who wants to be an Olympian, Curtis Fry, 28 Olympians, 14 medals overall at the Olympic Games for his Gamecock athletes, four National Scholar Athlete of the Year honors, five SEC Scholar Athlete uh, awards for his athletes. So really important thing, and that's been pointed out to us a little bit, Wes, in the course of you and I covering this recruitment. We, we've gotten a little bit of, hey, don't, don't count out Curtis Fry's impact. Like, he, he may be kind of, um, I don't know, you could use a bunch of cliches, I think, Wes, you know, a, an ace in the hole, an ace card, wh- whatever you want to say. But I think kind of an underrated factor of this recruitment has been and, and may continue to be Curtis Fry. That'll wrap it up for the Tuesday edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Back same time tomorrow, Tyler, Wes, and Chris. Jay Terry coming up next with the Halftime Show. You're listening to 107.5 The Game. Mix a little sports analysis, pop culture, and great interviews, and you've got the Rich Eisen Show podcast. Brian Cranston, great to see you, man. One of your first gigs was a Preparation H commercial. What happened? It's called a job, Rich. (laughs) I know you haven't been job hunting in a while. (laughs) I was a spokesperson. I wasn't (laughs) afflicted. If I was afflicted, I would trust you. I would put that ointment on and go, here we go. The Rich Eisen Show podcast, wherever you listen.